0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm joined by a man named Joe Miles. Joe is the founder of Osseo Gear, a tree stand camo company. So it's a camouflage dedicated, built for the tree stand bow hunter. It's a really great conversation. We discuss things like, what are the problems with today's camo patterns? uh what makes a good garment what makes a good camo pattern and it's it's something that i think you guys will find a lot of value in if you are a tree stand hunter or a saddle hunter you hunt from an elevated position this camouflage may be something you want to look into i can't speak for it myself i have not tried it but after this conversation i am definitely definitely going to be trying it out so Joe was a really great guy. He's hunted and guided in 15 countries. He's killed over a hundred deer with a bow. So definitely a guy that you should take what he has to say seriously. Real quick, before we get into this conversation, I just got my North Dakota buck back from the taxidermist. And man, I'm absolutely blown away. Justin Uran, Uran's taxidermy did an outstanding job. That early season cape is just absolutely beautiful. I'll post a picture on my Instagram if you guys wanna go check that out. But for now, let's get into the conversation with Mr. Joe Miles. All right, everyone, I'm live. I'm sitting down today with Joe Miles of Osseo Gear. Joe, how's it going today?
1: Man, it's going great. Hope you're doing well.
0: Oh, absolutely. It's a. It's always a good day when I get to sit down and learn some something about some new gear. Uh, First heard about Osseo Gear from Terry Pier on Facebook. He did a review on a pack that you offer, and then I just listened to a another Chasing Giants podcast where they announced that Osseo Gear is the title sponsor. And I was like, "Well, I, I got to learn more now." So that's uh, that's kind of how I reached out to you. But I have a uh, I have some personal questions about you as a person first and for anyone that may not be familiar with who you are Joe Miles give a, give yourself an introduction
1: yeah man i uh am, am like a, a lot of other guys in, in that my passion has has been whitetail bow hunting since i was young you know i started started bow hunting when i was 13 14 years old and 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 46 now and have done it every year every season and just absolutely obsessed with it and uh you know I've kind of simplified things into, you know, family and and, and bow hunting and, and faith, and that's really what I concentrate on uh, now. Is is you know in a working environment with ICO gear um, in, in the whitetail bow hunting space, and then personally hunting and uh, doing family stuff, and that's that's kind of simplified things for me. And and that's what what we do. I mean, it's it's all about whitetail. Uh, bow hunting, and and that's that's my passion, my obsession, and and so that's you know kind of I, I guess what I'm known for, and and what we do. Yeah,
0: um that's I mean that's kind of everyone that aligns with this podcast. I'd imagine the dedicated whitetail guys, but outside of whitetails, you have some pretty tremendous uh, accomplishments. As I, I'm reading on the Osseo Gear website, that you went to school. be a professional hunter you have a professional professional hunter's license what does that mean
1: yeah so when when I got out of uh when I got out of college um I basically wanted to start a business where I was a professional hunter in Africa and it was very very tough to get anybody to take a, a you know a US citizen serious about this but I finally found a guy to give me a chance so I went over to Africa and went through a, uh, a professional hunter school. Um, and it, it was a tough course. It was as hard as any college course that I, that I ever went through, you know, it was a two week course, but they crammed a ton in there. You, you had to learn all the laws. You had to learn, um, horn judging, it, 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 you know, shoot, there were shooting tests. There was first aid identifying different snakes, different trees. I mean, it, it was really, a a crash course and I did end up passing it I I was the only American there and there were 12 people in the 12 students in the class and I was um one of seven guys that that did pass the course and then I basically spent the next seven years doing an apprenticeship um in in different countries in Mozambique in Tanzania Zambia uh, South Africa and uh, eventually did get my professional hunting license in Mozambique, and then uh, got to guide some some guys for, you know, Cape Buffalo, Leopard, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of planes game over there, and then my wife and I had had a child, and, um, you know, I was gone for, you know, sometimes up to three months at a time, and, you know, we kind of, <laughs> with the kid coming around, we had to, had to scale that back a bit, so um, then I just I started my business, Sporting Adventures International, where we were basically a travel agency for um for people that want to travel international and hunt.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um that's something that I wasn't aware of was a thing, a professional hunter's license. And I read that, I was like, what does that even mean? But that's pretty cool because you you like you see everyone on TV that's hunting and you think like, Oh, that guy's a professional hunter. And that's not really what, uh, that's not really what that license entails. So that's pretty cool. And with that, you have hunted or guided in 15 countries. And in my head, when I read that, like instantly I know, okay, this guy has been in some pretty extreme temperatures. He's been in some pretty extreme habitats. And I guess that uh, qualifies you to know what a quality garment is hunting garment needs to be would you agree with that
1: a hundred percent you know we, we've hunted in some of the hottest places you know September October in in Mozambique is insanely hot and then you know I've hunted sheep and goats in Mongolia and Kyrgyzstan and and you know here in the Rockies um, you know I've, I've done some bighorn sheep some doll sheep and it, it, it's where gear really has to clothing I mean, it can be life saving and 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 I've experienced that, you know, as, as to what a, a real high quality garment is and 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 what is not. And um, you know, that that's a probably a pretty good segue into how we got OSEO started.
0: Sure. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Is is Osseo an acronym for something, or is that uh am I is that am I reading that wrong?
1: No, nope. ossio is actually a, uh, it's a Latin word for a genus or family of owls. And, mm-hmm. and we used owls, uh, the great horn owl, the Eastern screech owl, and a couple other owls as the base of our camo pattern. And, um, I, as I was doing research on owls, I came across the, the, the Latin name for, for a family of owls, osseo. And, and so that seemed like a really cool name to me. So that's what we, that's what we went with.
0: Yeah, I like it. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty decent. Um, pretty different. I like when guys go a little bit, uh, out of the box with their, um, camo names. I'm really glad it's not like Osseo gear outdoors or anything like that. I like (laughs) just Osseo, Osseo gear. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about why Osseo gear was started.
1: Yep. So, you know, going back to the, the sheep and the goats and the extreme hunting, uh, you know, growing up whitetail hunting you know in the south i used what everybody else used and and you know it, it did fine and and then i went on some of these extreme hunts and i was like my gosh there's some really incredible gear out there that that can keep you warm and and on the mountain longer can can you know let you sweat and hike and move and 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 you remain comfortable and i i said you know there, there's got to be there's got to be something like this for whitetail hunters. And, and, you know, there, there are some of the really big companies out there, camo companies or, or gear companies that, that make some whitetail line, but none of the camo pattern ever made sense to me, you know, what, what they were using. It just didn't really, you know, it didn't really fit into my tree stand hunting. I, I stood out, you know, in my opinion, just stood out like a blob with, with some of these patterns. And and I said, I'd really like to take the technology of this really high end gear and put a pattern on it. That is real specific for tree stand hunters, for specifically tree stand bow hunters that no matter if you're hunting in a cedar tree, an Oak, a pine, whatever it may be across the whitetail range, it's going to blend. And that was, that was, you know, I've had this idea for the, for the, for doing this for probably eight or nine years. And I've, I just never could figure out what the camo pattern was going to be. And, you know, I didn't want to do another stick and leave pattern. You know, this, this digital stuff was, was made for, you know, to hide people from people, you know, it's a military camo. Um, so, and and deer eyesight and human eyesight is completely different. So I just kind of, you know, took my time and, and waited until, um, you know, we figured out the camo pattern.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, when I first saw it, I was like, man, that's one, it's different. Uh, it's not something that you see all the time. And I was like, I, even from my eyes and like you mentioned that a deer's eyes and a human's eyes are different. Like I like already have a hard time, like making out what it is and whether it's just like a box with the osseogear.com on it, like in the picture on your website or, um, a hat that I see Terry peer wearing or anything. I'm like, man, I'm already struggling to kind of make out what that is. So it does a really good job of breaking out, uh, breaking up your outline. Cause, um, I was reading that it's a little bit blurred. There's no like hard edges. And that's something that's really smart. How'd you develop that?
1: So, you know, back to the owl, um, that, you know, if you want me to get into this about how the, the camo pattern came to be, I, I literally, yeah, I'm, I'm literally walking through the, I'm going to move a stand and I'm, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, walking through the woods and two great horn owls getting a fight above me. And one of them flies into a tree and you know how they, they disappear, you know, an owls, his camouflage is insane. So I walked towards him and he, he wiggled his head around and then he flew from one tree to another. He disappeared again. I walked over to him and he flew off. And I, you know, I said, and that's the best camo in a tree that there is, you know, he just flew into two completely different trees and vanished in both of them. So, you know, the light bulb is kind of starting to go off. And I, I came home called a veterinary friend of mine and and told him I needed him to do some research on like the prey animals of owls, squirrels, rabbits, and, and find out what kind of eyesight they have. and, you know, he, he thought I was nuts, and I told him, "Look, man, I just just do this favor for me." So he ended up reaching out to some some biologists and some guys at the zoo, and you know, he he, he put it all together and came back to me and said, "Look the 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 prey animals of owl, of owls, the the rabbits, the squirrels, you know, they they have dichromatic eyesight, and you know, it, it's it's very similar, if not exactly the same, as white-tailed deer." And so I said, "You know that that makes." Perfect sense to me is that nature created this owl and its camouflage to hide from dichromatic eyesight. So why is there not a camo pattern that that you know does the same thing? So that's what we did. We took a bunch of really high resolution photos of great horn owls, uh, eastern screech owls, and several other owls across the whitetail range, and kind of blended those together and just created this real natural pattern. It was already in nature. And, and we, quite frankly, we just stole it from the owls and it just made sense so much sense. And then when I got the first big printout, I went out and wrapped it around a, a pine tree behind my office and, um, took like three other of the really high end camouflage patterns and, and gear companies out there and wrapped them around the tree. And, and I was, blown away it, it you couldn't even see ours and and i did it on like a pine an oak a gum tree and i, I said this is it we, we we've got it and, and now it's just a matter of of getting the really high quality quiet um gear and you, you know if you want to get into that we can talk about how all that started you know i, I had a, a really good friend that i played baseball with in high school that does that he's got plants all over all over the world and he did all of our sourcing got all of our fabrics and you know we just we created a line that's that's really really quiet and it's it it performs unbelievably i mean we've got stuff that helps you know with the early season hunting when it's 90 degrees keeps you comfortable enough to stay out there all the way to late season and and you know iowa uh, Illinois, Kansas, you know, where you're getting into negative temperatures, you know, our bib and late season jacket, you know, they, they'll, they'll keep you in the stand. You know, if you've got to get in at one o'clock in a bean field, when it's negative five out and sit there until dark, you know, that, that stuff will, will allow you to do it. And, and you've got, you know, in our opinion and our testing, the best camouflage for a, for a tree stand bow hunter. So it's, it's a definitely a niche. But I, I think that it's it's something that well, I, well I've seen it in our in our second year, guys are you know I was at ATA last week and had tons of guys that, that came up to me and just said we we love the stuff it's it's amazing so we're excited about it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about it as well. Um, it's always intriguing when something new comes out and like to like 100 transparency when you see or hear about a new camo company you're like your instant reaction is like, why? Like it's already saturated enough. Like what are you going to offer that's different? And I mean, I think you've done a really good job of explaining uh, the benefits of what the, not only the camo pattern does, but um, to put that camo pattern on gear that actually performs, that's like, that's two things that must go together. You can have one or the other and you're still going to have people that are disappointed in in either the camo pattern or the garments themselves. And to have both of them, that's what everyone's looking for, right?
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, we literally this, this line will help tree stand bow hunters. It's going to help them with deer not being able to see the subtle movements because it blends so well with, with the tree that you're in and it's going to allow you to sit in the stand longer both of those things help you be more successful as a hunter and and you know that that's that's the vision that's what we wanted to do is really help guys and 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 from a selfish standpoint i i'm so obsessed with with whitetail bow hunting that i wanted something that would help me and 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 so it it really i i built this based on what i wanted personally and we were able to get it out to the market
0: that's how all the best products are developed there are some Camouflage companies that I've talked to recently that they developed a product and they don't even hunt. And my like instantly I'm like, why why would I wear that or why would I trust that? Um, if you don't even hunt. So how do you know what I want? And it's just like with our trail cameras, Exodus trail cameras was born because the founders were having issues with the products that they were using. And they were like, Well, this is what we need. Why don't we just make it? And that's how yep. that was born. So that's that's always how like. A product that does well solves the problem, and the problem that you're solving is having a dedicated pattern and garment that is built for elevated position, which is super smart.
1: And and that's you know again, it is a niche that that our, we're not interested in you know building uh elk, you know stuff for 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 out west for elk hunting you know for for waterfowl hunting for turkey hunting that's not us. You know, we we have some guys that wear our stuff t- turkey hunting here in the south that love it, but that that's not us. We are very very specific, very drilled down into whitetail tree stand bow hunting. That that's what we wanted to do and and that's what we've done and you know, we're constantly going to be Improving there, there is no fabric that's quiet enough. You know, there, there is no garment that's warm enough. Um, we, we are, we challenge our manufacturers all the time for better fabrics, more tech, more technology. And, and as those come to fruition, we'll be bringing them out. So it's, you know, we're, we're pretty obsessed with, with building the best possible garment that we can.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let's dive into some of the offerings um, for the. Let's start in the early season. What What are the, some of the the garments, specific garments, and some of the specifics of those pieces?
1: Yep. So, growing up in South Carolina, our season comes in August fifteenth, and so as you can imagine, you know we, we're getting hundred degree days with ninety percent humidity, and it's miserable. Um, so we 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 developed uh, this kind of this bird's eye mesh super lightweight hoodie and people are going why on earth would you want a hood um and 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 it has a built-in face mask as well but it's a it actually has ridges inside of it to keep the fabric off of your skin so you get some airflow through there and it, it dries really really quickly so when you when you sweat walking in or you know, just because it's so hot, it dries pretty much immediately, and then the hood is is twofold. It can keep the sun off of you. It's really good for camouflage and mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are a are a bad thing, and that that you know down here and in other in most all parts of the whitetail range, mosquitoes are an issue early season. So it helps with that, and then it's got the built-in face mask. And it has a, a half zip, so you can zip it down when you're walking in, you know, and keep keep cool. And then our pants that pair with that—they actually are all of our pants are built the same way. They have a heat dump zip um, on the sides, which is something I learned uh, when I was with sheep hunting, you know, and hiking a ton. As you you know you zip those down on your on your sides, and it lets all the heat out as you're as you're hiking, and then when you get to wherever you're going. You know, you zip those back up, and and or we actually have mesh inside of there. You can leave them unzipped the whole time you hunt. Um, with our with our uh, with our colder weather gear, you know, obviously you want to unzip those while you walk in. But then when you when you sit down and it starts to get cold, you can zip them back up to retain your heat. Um, but they have the pants actually the early season pants have those side zips. They have an actual mash crotch. So you get it's almost like a vent, and then our pockets we have double thigh pockets with a flap over it. So if you rub anything on it, it won't make any noise on the zippers. But if you unzip those pockets, you unzip the side vents, and you have the mesh crotch. It's like a vent to keep your whole lower half cool. So it, it a lot of thought went into that. A lot of engineering went into that early season set.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I mean that's genius. Um, I feel comfortable just hearing about that. Um, I I'm also reading the pants are 90% polyester with 10% spandex. So that's going to be, uh, super comfortable to walk in with the four-way stretch. Um, that's, that's like a must, um, for any early season pants or any, like any soft shell or any pant like that to be four-way stretch is almost a must in my opinion.
1: Yeah. I mean, you, you know, when you're climbing, you know, into your stand, and you just you've got to be got to be comfortable. And, and why would we not have it? You know, right. I mean that's available. Yeah, it's um you know some of the design is a, is a little more expensive, but you know it's you, you you need you've got it available. You need to have it. Right.
0: Yeah. So that's ranges from like would you say sixty degrees and up?
1: Yep, that, that's exactly right.
0: When it gets a little colder, uh what what are the options there?
1: So then we get into our mid season, um, which is a pant that is exactly the same as the one I just described, but it it is a heavier material. The weight of the pant is heavier, and it doesn't have the mesh crotch. And then we have our uh, mid season grid fleece hoodie, which is a a really quiet fleece that's warm. Um, and then we have our vest. It's a windproof vest, and this this system will get you from 60 degrees all the way down to a little above freezing, um, with, with proper base layers. Um, so that's, you know, in certain parts of the country, that's mid season and, and other parts, you know, that could even be early season. Um, and so that's kind of what we call our mid season line, but then we have a bridge there that we call our Sherpa line, which is a, a fleece lined pant and jacket that has, uh, it's got wind, a bonded windproof layer. And then the outer shell is, is really quiet brushed fleece. Um, and, and that'll get you down with, with proper base layers. That'll get you down all the way into the twenties. And then after that, we start pairing our bibs and, and our late season jacket. What is
0: the, on the pants, what's the, uh, durability when going through like thick briars and A lot of guys, when you're, when you're hunting big, mature whitetails, you got to get close to cover. And sometimes you're walking through some thick, nasty stuff. Uh, What's the uh, durability on those?
1: So, so the durability is, it's a, it's a kind of a give and take, right? If you want a a really quiet garment with the four-way stretch, you're, you're going to lose some durability. I mean, obviously, I hunt a ton and I tested all of this stuff and we made it really durable. I mean, you, you know, you climb over a barbed wire fence or you get into some real nasty briars, you can get some picks and some of the stuff, but that really goes along with really any high end garment that, you you know, that's, that's not, we we didn't want to build brush pants. Right. And, And, the, the reason is it's those aren't quiet. We, we could have built, we could have built the, the most durable pant and jacket on the planet. But the, the problem with that is it's going to be super, super noisy. Um, our, our stuff is plenty durable. We've got thousands of guys hunting in it and we get very, very few returns for things getting ripped and torn and stuff like that. So, so it is very durable and, and for, practical whitetail hunting it's going to be absolutely fine
0: yeah that's great to hear one of the things that i'm excited to read is the windproof aspect um i won't wear a garment mid-season and up that doesn't have some type of windproof uh, membrane in it because like that's where you get those chills it just strikes you to your core and it could be 40 degrees but if it's windy you you could freeze out there so having some type of windproof membrane is an absolute must. So I'm, I'm extremely happy to, to hear that um, your camo is uh, equipped with that.
1: Yeah. yeah, you, you have to have it. I mean, you, you know, it doesn't matter if you're hunting the South Carolina or Kansas, if, if you get a 40 degree day and it's blowing 15 miles an hour and, and you don't have something windproof on you, you're, you're in trouble. Um, so, so when we get into our mid season stuff, our vests, that Sherpa jacket, our late-season jacket, our bibs. We're also coming out with a with a mid-weight bib that will also be windproof. You, you, you've got to have the windproof stuff in your arsenal for sure.
0: Definitely. I'm also really uh, happy that you have a vest. I'm a big vest guy. As a bow hunter, you want your arms as free as possible. You want that mobility to be able to draw your bow back. So to have your core warm, keep that warm. And have your arms a little bit more free uh gotta have it as well
1: that's that's a yeah no question
0: so late season what uh right now in ohio it's 22 degrees and this weekend i'm going to go out we're going to get five to eight inches of snow what are the options for a late season bowhunter
1: yep so if if it was 22 degrees i would have on a nice mid-weight uh base layer an icebreaker or or you know some type of high-end uh base layer bottom i would have our bibs then i would have a good base layer our mid-season hoodie the vest and our sherpa jacket um from, from and i would wear that down to probably about 15 degrees and i would be golden and that's giving you tons of of flexibility and mobility to be able to draw your bow. You're not too bulky up top. And our our bibs are gonna keep your core ultra warm. They've got 120 grams of Primaloft silver insulation in them. So they're gonna keep you ultra warm um, in the core. And then you know they do have full uh, two-way zips, so you can put them on, unzip them all the way down, and you know you got a half a mile walk, you don't have to pack them in. Um, You know, uh, year before last, I had a about a mile walk in this place I was hunting in Kansas, and man, I would just zip those things all the way down, and basically my legs were exposed as I walked in, and I didn't sweat one bit. Got to the tree, climbed up, zipped them up, and uh, put my jacket on hundred percent good to go
0: yeah that's crucial that's something that um we we just hunted in wisconsin last week and you wake up and it's negative 20 and you're like how in the heck are you gonna like you have a long walk how are you gonna not sweat but then the idea of having to pack your clothes and it's just like oh my god i gotta take this giant jacket these big bibs roll them up try to have some sort of system and it just adds another headache and if you're able to just wear them in like that just solves that solves a giant problem
1: absolutely no and and you are I mean it you know you use it it, it's basically like you've got a a mini sleeping bag that's completely open um you know for for the walk-in and then you zip it up and you retain all your body heat in it it actually you know you kind of warm up walking in and then when you get to the stand and zip it up it retains all that heat from the walk-in and man you're you're good for hours and hours with that
0: Yeah, especially with a good layering system, Um, I have a whole episode on this podcast about layering and like the idea behind it. And like keeping those air pockets in between each layer and holding that stuff in that's what's keeping your body warm If that air is released your warmth is released and then you're you're done. And if you sweat on top of that you're done. Um, I have a, a question as a as a garment guy like you, you pay attention to a lot of materials and garments. What's your go-to base layering system, or is is that something that Osseo is going to ever um, offer?
1: We we actually are. We're, I'm getting samples in probably in the next three weeks of of different base layers that we want to look at for for whitetail hunting. I, I'm a big merino guy. Mm. I love merino wool for base. <laughs> um, twofold. You know, if, if you do sweat a little bit, you're going to retain the the warmth in there and then also it's kind of an antimicrobial uh fabric that's going to help minimize your odor um you know sheep hunting i'm i'm not a uh I, i'm not a merino guy I, I like a synthetic there because it dries so fast sure. uh it takes merino a while to dry but again we, we're not walking seven miles up a mountain carrying an 80 pound pack right right we're, we're we're, we're walking a quarter mile to a tree stand and you, merino just makes way more sense so we will definitely we're, we're going to have kind of a mid to lightweight merino top and bottom and then we'll have a heavyweight um merino top and bottom to to complement what what we've got going with the rest of the line and, and we'll have that ready for this this coming hunting season
0: well that's that's super uh intriguing very glad to hear that i am like I'm the world's biggest Merino nut. I absolutely love it. My um, current whitetail system is 100% Merino wool from my socks to my underwear, to my base layers, to even my outer layers until it gets like absolutely freezing cold. So that's, that's really great to hear. Um, yeah, man. It's the, it's the best garment for it's just anything. It, it works so well together when you wear it together. Um, if you throw in like, I don't, something that blows my mind with um, deer hunters is when they put on like cotton underwear or co- a, a cotton t-shirt underneath their expensive garments. And it's like, that's the layer. That's the <laughs> one that's going to ruin you. You can yep. have the best outer layers in the world and you have a cotton t-shirt on like you're done.
1: Hmm. So no doubt, no doubt about it. I mean, it, it, it there is, there is a, you know, a science to it. There, there has to be a system and you, you, it's there. Why, I don't understand. I, I agree with you 100%. I don't understand why guys don't do it. And, and, and they're going to ruin their hunt. And and it's so, you know, for a lot of guys, it's so f- finite, the amount of time they get to hunt, you, you know, you get that perfect day where it's cold and, and you've got the right wind and, and you blow it by wearing the wrong stuff. And, you know, you're not able to sit there as long as you need to. Yep. Um, or you get burnt out, you know, you're, you're there for a week and you freeze for two days and you're like, Nope, I'm sleeping in or I'm going home. Um, you know, I, I keep referring back to, to sheep and goat hunting, but you know, guys wanted to build gear to keep you on the mountain, right? That, that was a, that's always a big saying. How, how can I stay on the mountain longer, you know, to stack the odds in my favor. And, and the same is true with whitetail. How can I stay in the tree longer when I need to be there, um, and, and have gear that does that. And, and, you know, it's available.
0: Yeah, definitely. And to that point, not only keeps you in the tree longer, one, keeps you concealed. And two, you don't have to move around because you're comfortable. You're not fidgeting. You're trying to stay warm. Uh, something that I struggle with sometimes is when I start to get cold, I stop worrying about deer hunting. And then I'm only worried about staying warm. And I'm like, I start, I, my uh, wits about me just go away. And I'm just fidgeting around and I've gotten picked off so many times because I'm trying to adjust myself or put a different hand warmer somewhere else just to stay warm. So having the right garments is uh, it's step number one when uh, for me.
1: Yeah, well, it's something you can control, right? That, that's, that's part of, of your hunting. Um, anything that you can control, you need to be great at, you know, yeah. whether it's your shooting, your bow setup, um, the clothing you wear you know, the stands you use, the the placement of your stands, anything that you can control, you need to be an expert at that. You you can't control and make that deer walk under you. So, so you don't, don't, you know, get too bent out of shape about that, but the things you can control and the gear you wear is something you can control and, and, and that can give you an advantage.
0: Definitely. So I have a, this, I hope Terry Peer listens to this. Um, (laughs) So you guys obviously are um, good friends and, on the home page of the uh, Osseo Gear website, there's a guy in a saddle. What does uh, – what's Terry have to think about that?
1: Oh, that's funny. Um, so, I am um, – I'm a little more of the old school uh, lock-on uh, side of things. Um, obviously, Don and Terry uh, are anti-saddle. Um, I am not anti-saddle. Anti-saddle might be an understatement. <laughs> um, I, I am not. I, I and and it's it's really I prefer hunting out of a lock-on for for sure. Um, I just feel like I'm I'm more in, in control and not going to get tangled up. Um, but I have shot a couple deer out of a saddle in South Texas where there were trees. There was no way. I was going to get a lock on in but it was, it was absolutely impossible. And I was able to get, you know, a saddle in these trees and, and I would not have been able to kill these deer had it not been in a saddle. So I, I do have, I have a couple of them and I do use them, but um you know, it's, it's definitely not my preferred way to go. But if there's a tree that I need to get in that only a saddle, then, then I'll use it. So I am pretty open-minded when it comes to that. I would say Don and Terry are absolutely not open-minded when it comes to that.
0: <laughs> no, there's a couple things. Uh, mechanical broadheads, saddles. You mentioned those <laughs> to Don and Terry, and they're just going to lose their minds. Um, yeah, that's right. It's, that's- it's a big joke between Terry and I because I'm ai like 90% saddle, 10% ground. Uh, I, I don't hunt out of a tree stand. I hate hunting out of a tree stand. And it's, it, um, Terry always gives me shit for it. Cause I'm a, I'm a saddle guy.
1: So. Yeah. No, no, I, I get it, man. It, it's, uh, it's an awesome tool with, you know, for running gun public, uh, land guys, uh, we got a guy in my office that that's actually a picture of him. He, that's all he hunts out of and he hunts a lot of public ground here in South Carolina. And, and, um, it's just, you know, he's a master at it. And, you know, I think, I think that's, that's a big part of it. And, and you being a saddle guy, can, can speak to it better than I can, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's training yourself, right. It's training in the saddle and learning, you know, how, how to do it. And there is a learning curve there and, um, I am I'm, I'm up for it. You know, I, I spent some time learning how to do it and, and have killed a couple of deer out of the saddle and, and I've got no problem using them.
0: Yeah. The, the reason I started saddle hunting is because I'm afraid of heights. I'm deathly afraid of heights and I just feel so much safer in a saddle because um, number one, climbing the tree the entire time I'm attached. And number two, with the uh, attachment system with your tether and your bridge, you feel that you're attached. And when you're in a tree stand and your safety harness is loose and you have to fall forward for you to feel that that thing's got you. So uh, for me, it it was a safety thing and it just, I felt so secured. And with the saddle, i found that I can hunt a lot lower in the tree i don't have to hunt as high because i can just stick to the cover it's really simple because i'm on the back side of the tree the tree is already my cover so um yeah yeah just it's funny because i looked i typed in osseogear.com this morning and i looked and i was going to send the picture to terry and say this you
1: (laughs) (laughs) you (laughs) should (laughs) have
0: i I still i still will
1: and I'll send Don some uh, pictures of all my mechanical broadhead holes through the scapulas and shoulders of, of <laughs> lots and lots of different critters, and, and see if we, he he wants to d- to debate somebody on his podcast about mechanicals. I have not decided yet if I'm gonna uh, bow in for that, but uh, maybe for fun fun I will.
0: <laughs> yeah, if, if you do it, I'm gonna tune in. I'm a I shoot fixed blade myself because. Um, I like, I just shoot a lot of I'm a close range guy, but uh, teach their own, I think they're both, the, with the technology that's available today, mechanicals perform well. Uh, it's not like it was 10, 15 years ago. They've come a, 100%, long, a long
1: way. hundred percent. No, you're, you're absolutely right. That The technology has come up, come a long way for sure.
0: Is there anything else on the Osseo gear side, the garments, the camo, is there anything else on that side that you want to cover or make people aware of?
1: You know, we, we've got a uh, a tree stand bow hunter pack. I think you mentioned that earlier. Um, That's a pretty neat pack. It's really set up for guys to use in tree stands, and it's made with our camouflage pattern, and it's a super quiet. The outer fabric is really, really quiet, which is hard to find in a pack. Um, and then, you know, we've got a lot of, uh, you know, gloves and hats and beanies and neck gaiters and we're, we're, we're constantly um, trying to improve as, as maybe I alluded to earlier um, the, 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 quality of the fabrics, you know, that, that's something that we're, we're always doing. I've, I've got some really good ideas for the next couple of years with some collar designs. And one thing I'll, I'll mention that I don't think guys are, are aware of, and this, this will be getting kind of technical, but when, when you camo, um, is, is printed on the, the fabric. And when you have a really high Sherpa, um, or a really high uh, piled fleece, like a really, really thick fleece. What happens with that fabric is it, it's called a wet print and they wet print it and all the definition of the pattern when it's wet printed like that, in that really high pile Sherpa or fleece, it, it's, it's lost. The definition of the pattern is lost. So you've, you've got, you know, that that's a really quiet garment, one that has that really high fleece. But the camo pattern is, is completely distorted, and the definition of it is, is lost. So the, the alternative to that is something that's not as high, and it, it's a heat transfer that's done, and it retains all of its – the camo pattern retains all of its definition. And so we've, we've kind of gone as far as we can – to maintain the definition of the pattern and keep the garment as quiet as possible. So that, that's something I think guys, guys should know because, you know, they, they always gotta be ultra quiet. This, this, and it does, right. There is no fabric that's quiet enough. You know, you, you constantly want to get the quietest fabric you can get, but in our minds and in our testing and our experience of 30 years, a, a quality camo pattern, you've got to have the definition there to break you up and hide you from, from the deer. So, so that's, that's something I know that's a little technical and guys may fast forward through that, but it's, it's an important point.
0: Oh yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's something I, I wasn't aware of. Um, what would you say is the number one mistake or the number one problem with the current camo patterns on the market outside of Osseo gear? Cause that's solving a problem, right? What would, what would that problem be with the physical camo pattern?
1: I think uh, the, 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 the stick and leaf uh, camo or, or tree specific um, they're, they're going to look great in some trees and then other trees, they're going to stand out like a sore thumb because it's a, it's a picture, right? It's, it's a picture of one thing. And, and so that's a problem. You know, it's going to look fine and maybe uh, uh, early October uh, oak tree, right? It's going to look good there. But you get into a bare, uh, you know, gum tree in, in January and you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. Um, and then you get into the digital camo, which I, I just, I never could figure that out even when it first came out, because that was invented or developed by the military to hide people from people. And, you know, we, we've come a long way with our education, um, you know, deer and people don't see the same. So I never could, that, that was just didn't make sense to me. And then guys are, are pushing this Western camo, the spot and stalk ground camo into tree stands. and man it just it it doesn't work it stands out you get picked off and and so that that those are the problems that i saw with the camo patterns you you know and look you can kill a deer in blue jeans and a white t-shirt you know you you can absolutely do that but that's not what we're about we're about giving guys advantages and helping them at that that really finite high level of hunting um you know, and, and, and guys say that, you know, the guys shoot deer in flannel and blue jeans and, you know, back in the day. And, you know, well, what do they how, how do they do it before flannel was invented? Right. You know, you, you, you can keep going back to where they killed them with spears. You know, technology improves. And and, and that's what we're doing is, is, you know, we've gotten to a point now of of really inches. We're, we're helping guys by inches be, be better. Um, if, you know, if if I'm turning to look, you know, over my left shoulder and boom, there's a five and a half year old buck, I don't want to be in flannel and blue jeans. You know, I want to be in the best possible tree stand camo I can be in because that can save me. And you, you don't get many opportunities on big deer like that.
0: No, yeah, that's a good point. I think uh, I'm kind of guilty of it myself. I, um, my current the system is all solids or flannel. Like I just and and maybe that's because I don't believe in any of the camo patterns that were previously available. Um, I just never thought there was that big of an advantage to have it rather than not having it. And I saved us saved a bunch of money because my garments were either not built for hunting or they were just solid color and he didn't pay for the camo pattern. So um yeah, I was, that, that was a selfish question for me because it's like, okay, this, there is clearly a problem with a lot of the camos marketed to deer hunters. And my, um, my personal opinion on it was the camo patterns looked fantastic. They looked really great at one yard, two yards, three yards and really close range. And cause everyone's taking these pictures of like someone's arm right next to a tree and you're like, oh, you can't see it but i'm not killing a deer at 1 yard or 2 yards <laughs> i i need to blend in at 20 30 40 50 yards cuz when that deer first has the ability to pick you off if you're concealed then that's when you need to be if that deer is at 20 yards you don't need to blend in anymore you should that deer should be dead so that was one of the biggest things with me is i would see like and i'm a i'm a photographer i'm a videographer i'm in marketing like i know those games and i could see and i was like man you're just it's marketing it's you're taking a really nice picture at two yards and three yards and people are like wow that looks so good but if you were to back up 30 40 50 yards you just look like a blob, and that's
1: 100 and and i you know we've tested this for for two years this isn't you know something that that we just created to try to get in the market right you know i would challenge people to take the other premium high-end camouflage that's out there and put it on and climb in any tree and put on Ico and climb in the same tree and look at it exactly like you say at 10 yards, 20 yards, 50 yards, and, and, and see what, see what they say, see see what, what they say. Now, obviously it's not a deer, right? You're looking at it through human eyes, but it's going to give you a real idea of what's going on.
0: Yeah. Cause if a human can see you, a deer can see it.
1: No, no doubt,
0: and I think it's just so smart yeah. to mimic the the owl because, like, how many times have you had an owl making noise around it and you can't see it, and you're just like, "Man, where the heck is that thing?" And like at fifty yards, you're not picking out an owl. You're just—it's not happening.
1: No, no chance. And and that you know that we we, we stole we stole our camo pattern from from the owl. Genius. And, you know, he's he's you know he's making his living catching critters with his feet. He, he has to be. <laughs> You, he has to be camouflaged like nothing else and he's in the stealth they have too. I mean, there's a lot more of that that goes into it, but man, they squirrels and, and rabbits can't see him in the tree. And that's yeah. the same sight that a deer has. So it, I know we're circling back here, but that's, you know, it makes real good sense to us.
0: Yeah, me too. I mean, I, when I heard, uh, or when I read the website, I was like, wow, why hasn't anyone done that? It's actually, it's funny how much, um, Recently, owls have come up in um hunting because I i co host this podcast with a man by the name of George Huang. He owns Fireknock. I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but um, I have. He developed his arrow veins because of an owl. He had, he was like, I think he was hunting or he was in a park or something, and an owl flew right in front of his face and he couldn't hear it. It like flew, That's- and he was like, man, I, He's Like that thing flew right in front of me and I couldn't hear it. So he started diving into like the material properties of owl's feathers and like the aerodynamics of it. And he developed his vein because of owls. And it's like you can't hear it coming. And then if you develop a camo pattern because of owls, can't see it coming. And it's just like the best of both worlds.
1: I need to I need to hook up with him. We need to we we need to collab <laughs> for sure.
0: Yeah, that, that guy's a wealth of knowledge. Um Really enjoy talking to him. I've also, I mean, I've really enjoyed this conversation too. I've learned a lot. I hope a lot of other people have learned a lot. I always do a couple rapid fire questions towards the end of the, the conversation. And um, I'm just gonna spit these out to you and you don't have to go super in depth of them. At the end of the year or something, I'm probably gonna do a compilation where it just repeated question, and everyone's answers so everyone can kind of uh see, okay, this guy comes from this perspective and he does this, this, and this. So you up for that? I'm
1: ready. Okay. Well, so, I, I, I'm ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the first question you already answered, but I'm going to ask for uh, just the purposes to ask, fixed or mechanical blades?
1: 100% mechanical.
0: That's that's fantastic. <laughs> that's for you, <laughs> Terry, Don. Yeah. Hope you're listening. <laughs> um Grunt call or rattling
1: antlers? Grunt call.
0: Tree stand or saddle?
1: Tree stand seventy percent saddle thirty percent.
0: I like it. Open minded. Um, let's see here. Do you know how much your arrow weighs?
1: I do. Four hundred and sixty grains. Oh, I totally. like that.
0: That's on. That's the kind of on the opposite range of most people I talk to, and I'm glad to hear that because there's a lot of content coming on this channel why the heavy arrow high FOC setups are probably not the way to go. So you're all on
1: you, you are and, and if you want to talk about that on another podcast, I'll, I'll be happy to get on that. And I I will debate that with anybody at any time on a, a moderate weight arrow because of there's a I mean, that's a a, a rabbit hole we could go down for hours. But, yes, I, I am a a a 450 to 500 grain, really not really much higher than about 480. Um, that, that's my sweet spot.
0: I'll have to, I'm going to have to hook you and Dorge up because he's the one behind all that information. He's actually right now doing a study with a Doppler radar to show efficiency loss 20, 30, 40, 50 yards downrange. Um, with a 300 grain arrow, 400 grain arrow, 500 grain arrow, 600 grain arrow. He's going to show the difference in that. So That's there's, awesome. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff. That sound. It does sound like you guys need to link up. Yes. Okay, I think those are probably the most relevant um, questions that I can think of for the rapid fire. Joe, if there's anything else you want to add to this conversation, feel free. If not, let the people know where to check out Osio Gear.
1: Oh, absolutely. So um, OsseoGear.com, A-S-I-O-Gear.com is our website. Um, Then we've also got a Facebook and Instagram page under that same name. We've got a buyer's group, ICO Gear Buyer's Group. And then from a personal perspective, if anybody wanted to ask me any questions directly, um, they can find me on Instagram, uh, Joe Miles Hunting. Uh, That's my Instagram handle. And I'd be happy to um, answer any, any questions personally. And, um, Joe at ICOgear.com is my email. And, you know, we're, we're here to help guys be better at what we love to do.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Joe,
1: man. Thank you. I really appreciate it.